welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Say Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Every day to define man's mission yeah. Look into the sky for divine transmission yeah. Deaf man's vision makes the blind man listen yeah. Eyes on the prize, this is blind ambition Thank you blind ambition. Welcome to another episode of the Dojo Talk Podcast We're on episode 14 And I'm your host, Serial Sensei And I'm back again with my co-host, the Antaku What's going on, man? Not much, uh, um so everybody grab some absinthe throw it up and kiss some random blonde girl it's tanya evinger fight week <laughs> that's my opening she headlining she's headlining invicta oh yeah she's got the she's getting her rematch after base mike england screwed her because mike england's the worst referee in mma right. maybe even worse than what's her face the tall woman whose name escapes me Kim, Kim something, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kim. Yeah. Win, uh, <laughs> Winslow. Kim Winslow. Yeah. Ah. The lost Winslow family member. <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess we start off the the show giving them a good shout-out. Yeah, definitely give that, that card a look. That should be a interesting fight. I'm pretty sure this rematch will not go the same as uh, the first fight did. No disrespect to the other lady yeah, whose name it's kaya yes that that uh that young woman <laughs> but <laughs> we'll we'll probably uh go a little deeper into that card later uh in the show uh but for now uh, i guess we'll just run down ufc london um not not a, not a whole lot going on and there, there were some bright moments uh a really good ko which i guess we get to just talk about right off the bat um so our main event was Jimmy Manua or Manua, I'm not sure how they pronounce it, uh, versus Corey Anderson. Um, if I remember correctly, <laughs> is the KO punch the only punch Manua threw that like landed? <laughs> um, not really. Uh, like he, like he landed. He had a nice jab in the fight. Um, but it's the only one of consequence, I guess. Yeah. This fight, I mean, Corey started off kind of doing what I figured he would do. Kind of just play the outside a little bit because, you know, that's not a guy you want to rush in against because you'll get knocked out, which I guess ended up happening anyway. But he played the outside, kind of tried to keep Manoa back up against the fence. But uh, I can't remember what led to the KO punch. Did he throw something first and get countered, or did he just... I think I remember him having his back up against the fence. Like, he was circling, I think. And Yeah, he, he was moving out towards his right, and Manua, I guess, made a read because he was already moving into position to where he was cutting him off and landing the and getting in position to throw the hook. And it and landed, like, right on the side. Right, right <laughs> to the temple. Yeah. Lights out. Almost instantly. Yeah, like, there was... The way he fell, just... Yeah, like, his whole body just shut off. Like, the off switch instantly hit, and he just... No no follow-up ground and pound. No need to do anything else. Just one punch, and you're, you're kind of out of here. Yeah, it literally was a one-hitter quitter. Literally was. Um, I guess for the 205 division... 
I'm I'm, gl I'm glad they. Well, I'm, I guess I, I guess he's the new face on the block, kind of, sort of. Even though he's already fought two of the top, I guess top three, or I don't know if Gus is still ranked that high, but like three or four. Yeah, I feel like though it kind of it's kind of a weird position though, because he beats Corey, he's already lost to Gus, he's already lost to Rumble. And those, unfortunately, were not really competitive fights. Not even though. <laughs> so, but you got to think with a win. Well, I don't know. I guess with a win like this, do maybe they throw him, try to throw him up there again? Or maybe do they, maybe, I don't want to say feed him, but maybe should he go through a, Glock, a guy like Glover or even Shogun, who's still top five dead or alive at light heavyweight right now? <laughs> should they... Any move they make is gonna be, you know, not hap like is not gonna satisfy us like at this point. If DC wins, if he if by like because I'm picking Rumble, despite the fact that I hate Rumble's guts, I'm gonna just put that out there. <laughs> um, uh, if DC wins, like there are still avenues to go. Like the Glover fight hasn't happened. There's a Gus rematch because their first fight was, you know, this barn burner and arguably Gus won in people, in a lot of people's eyes. Or you can give him a new one. Like, but if you do, like, if Rumble wins and he knocks out Cormier, like, none of the, none of the people in contention are even remotely interesting fights, I guess. Like, would you pick Manua against Rumble? Not at all. <laughs> I don't. And I, I, I like Manua. Like, I, I was really big on him before he came in the UFC just because I knew that. Hell, maybe Manua gets it just because he, I think he was the only one to make out the first round with Rumble. Out of the three. At, like, Glover, uh, Gustafson, and him. Do you think... It's kind of hard to tell. You think he's gotten better since Rumble? I mean, the thing is that fight kind of went... I mean, it did go out the first round, but... Mm -hmm. I feel like I didn't really see enough to say he got better. I will or, say he he has become a more a better striker from when he was fighting um crap what's the homie's name uh like Jan Blackowitz and Ryan Jamo. Hmm. Like uh, I feel like he pressured a little better than he used to. He like he cut off the ring a little better, but are those things that are going to help him beat Rumble and Gustafson and? Cormier and John Jones, probably not. Yeah. Like I'm not seeing it. Like, one of the things I thought about going into this fight was that um, Manu uh, not Manu, Corey Anderson, we he's billed as a wrestler, not a very good wrestler, like not a very powerful wrestler. Like, this is a guy who struggled to take down Shogun, like, and his shots are not. Like he tries to go for the Frankie Edgar knee tap. Frankie Edgar, I'm going to just blitz through you because I'm so fast and I'm always moving and you can't tell when I'm changing directions. Like that type of deal. Right. And it's just not for him. He's his build don't it doesn't work like that, I guess. And I don't think physically he's the, 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 they were talking about how strong he was on broadcast. I'm like I don't think he's that much stronger than your average 
play heavyweight. Yeah, he's not gonna muscle around anybody. Yeah, in that, the, yeah, that's not yeah, happening. He's not, he's not gonna muscle anybody, and he wasn't. Uh, I'm not sure if that's a good test to see where uh, Manua's wrestling is at right now. You know. I, so I, I say now I'm, I'm looking at the rankings. I I, I, I feel I, like the only fight I would want to see is the Glover fight. Yeah, that, that's a fight. That's the fight to make for Manua, and if he can win, you're you can pass it off as like it, well, you wouldn't even have to pass it off. It would be a top five victory, and he'd be considered maybe not an elite light heavyweight, but just below that. Yeah, he'd be as far as the rankings go. He'd be worthy of like if they gave him a title shot. I feel it, like you couldn't really argue against it. Exactly, but at the same time. Um, I kind of like that Glover, or not Glover, yeah, Glover Gustafson matchup. Man, you know whose fault this is? Dave Branch was here. Uh, and Dave, the Dave Branch. <laughs> you could have been a hero, man. <laughs> We're going to blame him for anything that goes wrong in 205. When John it's... Jones pisses hot again, it's all your fault, Dave Branch. Right. <laughs> man, yeah. What what could have been the things that could have been, but we could have had Jimmy Manoa versus Dave Branch. We could have, and then we would have really known where Jimmy Manoa. Was. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? With the way this sport goes, I mean, 185 look like it's it's kind of clogged up right now. We got we got Rockhold talking about he wants to fight We're doomed, so you never know. Maybe Dave Branch goes to 185, sees maybe, the the maybe chaos. Maybe Ices Chris Weidman and Weidman realizes that he doesn't have a future at 185 and he's just like, fuck it, I'm going to 205, I'm going to reinvent myself, I'm going to learn how to fight, I'm going to, you know, get, stop killing myself to make 185 so I can fight for five rounds. I'd be for that, actually. I'd be for any of these dudes moving up. Are you kidding yeah. me? Like, yo, Romero at 205? I'd take Rumble versus Romero. <laughs> that would be like the most freakyish athletic superhero it's like meat mountain versus meat mountain right <laughs> ah yeah they need to hold a meeting then we need to yeah we need to start like a twitter i don't even have a twitter but <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we need to get a campaign for some of these guys to go up to 205 because yeah i mean middleweight's getting a little a little crowded up top maybe, maybe we can move a body here or two put put them in another division take take some of the clog away at the same time, I understand these guys' pain because I take anybody in the top seven over Michael Bisping. <laughs> At the same time, I pick any, I pick Michael Bisping over anybody in the top 15 at light heavyweight who isn't in the top five. With the exception of Mayor Manoa. Uh, Manoa. Like, nah. I take Michael Bisping over OSP. Yeah, he his fall has been... Had high hopes for that. I mean, he's not too uh, late to turn uh, it my, around, my, but my whole thing with him is he just never left his camp. Yeah, man, he, he's he's loyal to that that Tennessee crowd, or uh, he trains. Yeah, he trains in Tennessee, right? Because I know he plays yeah. football there. I'm pretty sure. I don't think he ever left. It's always, it's always the big guys too who are loyal. Like they're either really loyal, or they just move around so much that you don't get a sense that they're getting the best training possible. Like they're just egomaniacs. Who are just hard to work with, or they just so they're just so loyal to who they're with, they never get to like a good place. Uh, after that, uh, after that Manua debacle, 
he had at least had a second thought <laughs> at some point. But uh, yeah, I guess not too much else to talk about that fight. Kind of just yeah, one hit a quitter. Ramsey Manoa got a big win at home. After, right. You know he got he did he had the stage uh, against Gustafson couldn't do it. Got it here. Yeah. Made it right. So. And albeit even though he's lost to some of the top people already. Anybody who's a somewhat fresh face in 205 has my support. So <laughs> we'll we'll see who they pair him up with next. That division is too much going on, but they'll figure it out. Hopefully something, uh, something, something good comes of this. And if not, it's all Dave's branch fault. Okay. But, uh, oh, I didn't know this was the co-main event. Okay, so co-main event. I forgot this was even a co-main. Uh, Gunnar Nelson and Alan Joban. For some reason, I thought the co-main was something completely different. Um, yeah, man, Gunny, Gunny looked pretty good out there. Um, Gunnar Nelson looked like Gunnar Nelson, and that's both very good and very bad. Yeah. Like he, he has mom Like when I see him fight this good, like he's really loose and he's real precise. And you already know when he gets you on the ground. Pretty much like he did in this fight. Once you get on the ground, it's not a lot of people. Who's oh, gonna get like, back up or... Yeah, unless you're Damian Maya, but or Jorge, Jorge, uh, Jorge Santiago. Yeah, but yeah, man, he he looked good. This was a pretty pretty fun fight. That ending sequence though, the that straight. I, don't, I can't remember if it was a right or a left. It was just that, a straight right hand he, into like a head kick, I think. Yeah, and like this. The straight right, like, Joe Ban just looked like like he was in no man's land when the straight right landed. And then the head kick was just icing on the cake. And then, like, Gunner literally just dragged him down. Like, I, like most people probably would have went for just ground and pound, let me get a TKO. He literally just dragged the man down by his neck <laughs> so, so he could get the choke. Oh, my God, yeah. Like, I... Uh, I... There are just parts of Gunnar Nelson's game I really don't like. Like, primarily on the feet. Because there are just large swaps of the fight he'll give up because he wants to land that right hand so much. And he got it here. Mind you, this came like 10, 15 seconds after Joe Ban uh, landed an exchange that sent like Gunnar all the way across the cage. Like, he was on his back foot and getting hit. But like, the thing is, if in a high-level fight, I don't expect Gunnar Nelson to win a decision. In like a competitive fight, I always expect the other guy to win it. Because I don't think Gunnar Nelson adapts in fights so much as he'll find a moment of weakness and exploit it because he's very dynamic and very explosive, and he can land that right hand, and he can, you know grab on your head and, grab, uh, and you know, sneak in that guillotine and everything. Right. But, who who does he get next? How, when was his last fight? Before this? Yeah. Um, it was... I don't know why it feels like it's, it's been a while. I know it hasn't he, been too long, but... He fought in May last year. Okay. He was supposed to fight on the North Ireland card that ended up being, uh, was it the Hall Mazasi rematch? Yeah. But literally, oh, literally, while he was like the media day, where his media day workout, while they were promoting the fight, 
he was on the mat. And you can go on that uh, the North Ireland cards media day workout thing on YouTube or Facebook or whatever, and you can literally see the moment where his ankle breaks. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's unfortunate. Yeah, like, not a good time. Yeah, that's yeah. So that's why he only fought once last year. So nah. I, I, I hope I don't see growth in Gunnar Nelson, mostly because this he's part of that like uh, Coach Kavanaugh bullshit model about not preparing for certain opponents, um, only working on you know things that make you like a true martial artist. Yeah, and they mentioned that too. Like he's not. He is not even under the philosophy of, like, I even want a belt. Like, he's just more, I want to just kind of show what I can do. It, it, and... It's that Uriah Hall bullshit. And, like, and, and as someone, and I love Uriah Hall, even if he does call, you know, fans worse than terrorists. <laughs> but at the same, you're not helping yourself. At a certain point, that stops winning fights. And uh. it... It shows when Gunnar Nelson takes a step up against somebody in the top 10 or top 15, like Ryan Story and Damian Maia. He doesn't just lose. He is blown out. I'm looking at this. The people are ranked ahead of them. I'm like, like who I, who realistically could I see him beating? Um, I can see him beating Sir Magni. Yeah, Magny's I was going to say. the guy who's made to be beat. But at the same time, I feel like Magni would be winning the fight up until he lost it. Until he got taken down, until he got like, uh, until uh, Gunner got into that one right hand to just put him on Queer Street or something. Right. Like, yeah. Uh, I'd like to see him fight Donald Cerrone. That'd be a fun fight. I think that'll be fun, but I, I think that's one of those fights where if Gunner doesn't capitalize early, I think Cerrone just ends up kind of smoking him. Yeah. <laughs> and, but that's the fight I want to see. I, I, I want to see Gunner Nelson put in a position where he's dragged into these later rounds and he's forced to do something to get the win. That would be a fun, like, not even just style clash, like personality clash. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Gunner is like stone cold, no emotion, win or lose. He looks like he just doesn't even really care. And Cerrone, you know, Cerrone's just Cerrone. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to see that fight. I'd love it if they rebooked the Don Young Kim fight. Because that was the fight he was preparing for back for the North Ireland card before he had that would be fun. Because I think Stun Gun, uh, as long as Stun Gun doesn't get like caught with anything, Stun Gun would probably drag him into some deep, you know, make it a nice ugly fight. Yeah, and those are fights I want to see for Nelson because he gets he's one of the few dudes under thirty, but like in the top fifteen at welterweight. But he's twenty eight years old. Has been fighting since he was for ten years. Ten years is May. Theoretically, he shouldn't be getting much better. You know, we should be seeing the best Gunnar Nelson. And, and beating Alan Joe Ben is really impressive. Like, don't get me wrong. But I don't see the mechanisms for him to climb up and be beating the guys like Stephen Thompson and Tyron Woodley and Damian Maya. Anytime soon. I think for him, it, I think matchups would depend for him. Like, like matchups and just preparing the right, not even preparing the right way, but having a game that's set on 
not just figure, not just surprising people, but figuring people out and winning rounds. Yeah, because he's not really a high, and even in this fight, like even though he won, yeah, I don't remember like his output wasn't. Yeah, and and you don't have to be a high output guy. uh, Leo Machida was not a high output guy, but he had things in his game that helped him to win rounds and to make he dictated when the moment the big moments in the fight happened right I, I don't see that in Gunner we'll see yeah. I, I'm trying not to be overly negative because Gunner's like a supreme talent like right I think I think it's kind of I think we both think he could he could be higher than where he is right now. Yeah. Like, his and, talent and where he ranks, don't they don't match up. Like, he should be higher than he is. If, not even like, where he's ranked, but, like, how he wins fights, I right. guess. Because, who was it, the Zach Cummings fight? Like, Cummings was, t- Cummings was taking it to him before he got taken, uh, before he got the takedown. Or was it the right? Uh, he got the right hand in that too, and then yeah, he got the right hand, took his back. Like Cummins was taking it to him. He almost uh, lost. He, there are people who argue he should have lost the hard or uh, the Santiago fight. Like, I don't know. I feel. I just feel like Nelson should be ahead of where he's at at this point in his career because yeah. he's, he's so one of the. Yeah, he's he, like he's that weird case where like. I keep tabs on him just because, like, I want to see is he going to have that big, like, breakout moment where it's like, okay, this guy's ready for, like, he's ready for a belt, or he's ready to make that run for one. Yeah. But, yeah, it just kind of hasn't happened. Like, you see flashes of brilliance. But I will say, though, his ground game, uh, as long as you're not Damian Meyer, is going to give anybody. Oh, no, he's the second best grappler in Welsh yeah. by far. So he's, he's got that going for him, but... Yeah, just sometimes I don't think he puts it all together, but yeah. Hey, two two fight win streak, ranked number nine. currently number nine. Uh, y'all gonna say the road ahead of him is not getting any easier? <laughs> the bodies are getting older, so there's that. Yeah, but hey, you like, could have said that about Maya. Like what, thirty seven years old now, something like that. Yeah, hey, he's a boy. He's a wild man, though. Like, even even these older guys are still... I mean, who would have thought in 2017 Damian Maia is a top three? You know. I guess it kind of makes sense. And but, Maia's got a style that'll, that'll carry yeah, a couple years. Yeah, that people can't handle. I wouldn't mind seeing Gunner and Condit if Condit still wants to fight. Yeah. If I don't, don't want to talk about that. I'm gonna, it's going to hurt me. I, I, I'm down for whatever. I'm down for whatever Gunnar Nelson madness happens because he's a he's a fun fighter to watch. Yeah. Despite my grievances with. Yeah. You know. He'll figure it out. He's he's got. I think he'll. I think he'll at least make it to that big fight if he wins it. Is yet to be seen, but. Yeah. Yeah. We'll 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 see. We'll we'll keep tabs on him and still shout outs to Joe Bond too. Still a. Uh, Joe Always Biden. a fun fight, no matter what he's involved in. Gatekeeper to the top fifteen. Just yeah. uh, Joe Van's under underrated. He's part of that welterweight click of just violent dudes. Right, like throw him in when you need a fun fight. <laughs> like, fun fight you, when you, have, you need to test the prospect. 
Yeah, you just need someone to get the shit be out of them. Like I'm Joe Banzer, man. And he derailed the Mike Perry uh, hype train. Oh yeah, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm all for that. <laughs> yeah. I forgot that happened. Yeah, he he shut that down. Uh, yeah, all for that. I guess on to our our next scrap. Uh, this was a little. It was a really fun fight. Ending for me personally was a little bittersweet. Uh, retirement fight for for Brad Pickett going up against Marlon Vera. Um, I thought Pickett looked good, man. Like he. he did. Pickett looked really good. Like that, if you would have saw the first, I guess you could say two rounds of this fight. Like there's, there's no way you would have thought that going into the third he would have ended up losing. Like it wasn't like a super wild fight, but he still was landing really good shots. He's picking his shots really good. I mean, Marlon was returning fire. I want to make it seem like it was really one-sided, but like Pickett was clearly. Like, it looked like he was about to earn a, a hard-fought decision that, you know, you could clearly say that he won. But uh, the, the third round happened. He got caught with a really good head kick. Like, I remember them playing the replay, and they just played the sound, like the slap <laughs> that it made when it, like, hit him on the head. And then he got followed with ground and pound. Uh, Pickett wasn't happy about the stoppage, but uh, I guess the ref thought he had had enough. And, uh, yeah. Uh, Brad Pickett is a true professional. He understands when the only people's time, when it's their time to go, you gotta put the young guys over. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, For all this, we we talk, sorry. Um, you talk about Brad Pickett as a striker. He's always been more of a primary wrestler, especially back on the UK scene. Hmm. Yeah, we saw it here. He was taking Vera down in the first two rounds, and that's where he was mostly dominating. He, and he was having uh, success in the pocket. But like, Vera was landing kicks. And um, in between the second and third round, Mike Thomas Brown was telling Pickett, Just keep it on the feet. You're, you're doing better than him on the feet. Don't, like, uh, don't get, like, give these people something to remember you by. Probably not the most honest idea if you're going to trying to win a fight. Like I understand where he was coming from, and I think that's the way Pickett would want, Pickett wanted to go out anyway. Yeah, like, just, go out, go out on the shield. Yeah. And, but I get. Oh, go ahead. Uh, no, this is, I'm really happy for, Mar, uh, for Marlon Vera. Cause, uh, yeah, that's what I was. That's what I was gonna say. Like bittersweet that Brad lost, but still a good kind of heartwarming story with with Vera winning also. Yeah, like, for people who don't know, Ch- uh, Chilo Vera's daughter was born with, um, I want to say a muscular disease or something like that, where she can't smile. And most of the money Vera has made from fighting has gone towards a fund to get his daughter a surgery so she can. And like, he, he was also, like, uh, during that big earthquake in Venezuela that t- was toppling buildings and stuff, was it fast or was it Ecuador? I can't sure. remember. I can't remember. Let me check real quick because it's from his home country, and I should probably know this. Ecuador it was in Ecuador. The, uh, a couple, uh, like last year or the year before, he he was begging the USC for a fight so he could donate his purse to you know a recovery fund for that uh, for the victims of that. So like he's a good guy. He's you can't not 
for him. Yeah, and he was like, and this is his like a big marquee win. Yeah, being the first guy to really stop Brad Pickett on strikes. And he was like basically in tears. No, literally he was in tears. Like he had a lot of respect he, for Pickett. Oh yeah, no, he cried for Pickett when Pickett got in the mic and was just and it was it was a magical tear jerking moment. And yeah, shouts to. Him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it hurt. But it was a good moment. It was a good moment. It was seeing Pickett just leave his hat in the cage. Yeah. And, I mean, albeit he wasn't like a champ, but good career nonetheless. Like Brad, Brad Pickett is. Uh, he's, he was a gatekeeper to the Bamway division for a very long time. Right. Where if you beat Brad Pickett, you were ready for a title fight or a title contender. Or... Right, yeah. Like, he, he was Henry Barra's second or, yeah, second to last fight before he fought for the title. He was, um, yeah, he beat Mighty Mouse, uh, his biggest win in retrospect. Who else? Uh, he, he, yeah, like, he was... He was the guy for a lot of guys, basically. The get-over guy for a lot of guys. And then, uh... I forgot, he's from England, right? Yep, UK. Yeah, and like, in, in terms of, like, MMA fighters from the UK, he's probably uh, one of their, like, all-time greats, without question. Like, before Bisping won the title, I was saying Brad Pick is the right. best <laughs> right. in the UK. And his fights, you know, from all the ones that I remember, even going back to like WC, his fights are always fun. Like, He's always fun fighter. Absolutely. Yeah. So shout out to to both of them. It was a good fight, heartwarming, tearjerker. One of those, yeah, just like a real special, special moment in, in MMA. Um, I guess rounding out this main card, which was only four fights, which I would lo- I would like to say I, I love that. I, I really appreciate the four fight main cards. Please keep um, doing them. Yes, let's let's keep doing that. Uh, Arnold Allen and Macwan Americani had a nice, fun, high pace scrap. Uh, Americani came out with what did he do? Didn't he do like a flying kick? <laughs> he did something crazy. He tried to, and uh, Allen, Arnold Allen like had it prepared for. Something. Yeah, like he he came out ready to go, and. Pretty much just went buck wild in the first round, just completely emptied out the gas tank, and then yeah, by by the second round you could tell he he kind of he he probably had thoughts that he should have saved some of that energy, and Allen got his game going, and yeah man he just he put a lot of pressure on Americani. It seemed like Connie couldn't couldn't get much off or if. He got anything off. Allen was ready with return fire, and I mean, it went. Yeah, it went to a split decision. But yeah, I remember watching, thinking Allen, Allen yeah, won. Like he, yeah. yeah, he definitely took the last two rounds. Like I don't think it was even a question. Like I think Arnold Allen's like the next evolution of just like Brad Pickett, where he's really solid everywhere. Yeah, but not but, great at. But, but yeah. that that athletic. That athleticism and that real, um, I want to say fallback, or he doesn't have a real strength. He, uh, Allen's actually an MMA nativist, from my understanding, like Roy McDonald. 
mm-hmm. but I don't think he's at the point where he's can rely on his striking or like, he switch up and just go straight to his wrestling. His strong, the strongest position is top position, basically, and that's something you're not gonna get a lot as a uh, as someone who's not a domineering wrestler. But he looked really good wrestling with Amir Khan here. Like, really, really good. And Amir Khan is, like, one of the best best wrestlers in, at the, in the featherweight division. Uh, yeah, and he... I don't say he handled... Oh, I guess... could make the argument. He, like, he gave him... He took the fight out of Amir Khan just by hanging in there and fighting back and being technically sound. Right. American is a sprint glap grappler. And they just yeah. I mean, I will give American even though he kinda gassed out in after the first like he was still he was trying. Oh yeah, no, this is <laughs> like, like, like blew him out the water. Yeah, him. yeah, like Connie completely emptied out the gas tank. Like but Allen just he just had more. Yeah. I guess he's yeah. Allen's a grinder. Like he he will be in the fight until the bell rings. Right. And even then some. He's a tough kid. Uh, yeah, like a, he is fun to watch and he's really good in the clinch. He kinda I don't know if the comparison's right. He kinda reminds me of a Darren Elkin ish fighter, kind of sort of. He's Darren Elkins with more um dynamic offense. Right, yeah. Like he's not not so heavy reliant on the wrestling, but if he needs to use it, it's there. Yeah. Yeah. But he's probably not going to have a great comeback. <laughs> See if he can put himself in the books Dude, like Elkins did. did. His first fight in the UFC, he lost two rounds and then got the submission of the last round. Oh, man. Who was that? Who did he beat? Alan Omar, was it? Okay. Mayor? Let me see. Yeah, like, I knew when he fought. Like, I, I kind of remembered him, but I wasn't completely sure. Uh, yeah, Alan O'Mare. Okay, yeah, he won by guillotine. Uh, I re- uh, like, I really like his game. Uh, he, he, oh, he's, got, he's got a nice little streak going. Yeah. And he's only 23. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, <laughs> I'm saying he doesn't have a real strength yet. Five years from now, he could be the best striker in the UFC, maybe. Right. Who knows? And I forgot who does he train with again? Um, I want to say he's splitting time at ATT now, but he—I think he trained at like uh, crap. I have no clue, but I think he's splitting time at ATT, so he's only going to get better. Yeah, I would say either way, at twenty-three, the 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 sky is pretty much the limit. Um, I will. Okay. All right. Yeah. So. He's got good coaches around him. Um, I will say, albeit that division is um. You know, actually, I, th- I think I heard he left TriStar because he felt like they were stifling him. Oh. <laughs> I... I'm just, maybe I'm just making shit up. I don't remember. <laughs> Either way, good uh, good young talent. Yeah, definitely like a really yeah, really well-rounded yeah, really well-rounded uh guy to keep an eye on. Wow, that was the main card. All four yep. fights. Um, but we're not done with this card yet. Two, oh, wait, two prelim. Okay. And speaking of yeah, Tristar, yeah. Uh oh, what's going on? No, we, we have Joe Duffy. Oh Joe yeah, Duffy yeah. Was a guy who left TriStar. 
So, yeah, this was the... Wait, no, I'm the, making the... shit up again. Because <laughs> <laughs> there was like... somebody who was training at TriStar who left because he felt... It was Tom Breeze, that's who it was, who didn't fight on this card. He was supposed to. Oh, okay, alright. I was going to say that the curious case of the who who defected. But, uh... It was GSP all along. <laughs> But yeah, the, the the feature this was the feature prelim bout, I believe. Yes. Uh, good old Joe Duffy, the oh I can't say the last person to defeat Connor no more. That that statement is no longer true. But he's one of the people that has beaten Connor McGregor. Uh, versus <laughs> Reza Mad Dog, Madadi, and uh, yeah, this fight was pretty much what I thought was it was gonna be. Uh, it was awesome. Yeah, Duffy. Uh. Throwing lots of hands. <laughs> a lot, lot. the crap out of Mad Dog. Yeah, I mean, I mean, props to Mad Dog. Like, he... He survived. You know, yeah, a lot of people have, like, those nicknames. But, like, he's earned that nickname. Like, he was bloodied up and just eating combinations like nobody's business. And he was not ready to back down, like, at all. But yeah, Duffy man, this this he is I know such a good boxer. He yeah, ridiculous. And yeah, I mean, I know he lost the the, the Poirier fight. That was a, a a tough one, but yeah, like when I see hands like this, <laughs> like I just I I wish I I want to see him kind of get another crack at somebody in like the upper, you know. Like, just and to give him another big name. Because, yeah, when I see fights like this, when, like, the footwork is good, the hand speed is insane, combinations are there, and it's like... He's not even a bad... Like, he's a very good defensive fighter, too. Like, I'd pay, I'd pay good money to see Joe Duffy versus Conor too. Yeah, I, I was going to say, the announcers were kind of throwing it out there, and I, I feel like, well, you know, in terms of rankings, it, of course, it wouldn't make sense, but rankings are what nowadays, who really cares yeah, about? If Conor wants, <laughs> uh, wants to prove that he, he could beat Joe Duffy, he's going to fight Joe Duffy. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, that would be, and for, yeah, for people who haven't, if you haven't, don't know Duffy or haven't kept an eye on him, like, Duffy versus Conor, would be an awesome fight at this point. Yes. Like, like, like no build-up, no nothing. Joe Duffy is ready for, like, top 10 quality fighters. Like, the only thing that might not hold up is his wrestling. He's not even a bad defensive wrestler. He's just not a particularly good one. He's not a particularly good scrambler. But, like, dude, you're yeah. telling me Joe Duffy can't beat, um, I don't know. He's in top ten at lightweight right now. I was gonna say, I I think I would pick Duffy over Casilla. Or Casilla. Um Are you telling me Joe Duffy couldn't beat Daniel Darius? Darius, or... yeah. <laughs> Dude, or uh Michael Johnson, like Johnson, I, yeah, like th those are really competitive fights. I feel like they they I'm surprised they didn't try to like well, I guess you have to be seen. Because with him and Connor's history, like, I'm surprised they haven't tried to maybe build him up more or faster to maybe kind of push that fight well, just to... I think, I think it was the Poirier fight. And then the, this fight, well, not this fight in particular, but he was supposed to fight in North Ireland. 
and there was this big fallout with his contract. He didn't get like they were renegotiating. He wasn't getting the the money he wanted, so they canceled that fight. And now this was the last fight in his contract, and now he's a free agent. No, no, they better not. Don't, like don't. Be such a mistake. It would like, like if Duffy goes to any other organization at 155, you're possibly looking at a champ. <laughs> like. <laughs> Like, Dude, if, yeah, sick. Duffy versus Chandler. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. That's a sexy-ass fight. Yeah, like, yeah, the UFC would be insane to let this dude go. This guy, but, like... But at the same time, it's becoming more clear by the week that the owners of the UFC don't understand what makes the UFC so... Why hardcores are so dedicated to the UFC, despite the fact so many of them seem to hate everything else about the UFC. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, how many top 10 fighters have we lost in the past month? Peace to Lorenz Larkin, but. Yeah, he's on to bigger and more lucrative things, apparently. He's on to, he's on to title shots. Oh, you yes. Leave... <laughs> yes. You leave the UFC and you go to Bellator and get a title shot. Hey, he uh, just beat the number, what? Four guy, now four or five guy now. Jorge Masvidal. Yep. And now he's gonna go to Bellator to fight Douglas Lima, which is probably gonna be amazing. Yeah, that's that's a that's a fight. Yeah, that's that's must see. That's a striker's just and, wet dream. And then the winner <laughs> of that gets to fight Rory McDonald or Paul Daly, and that's oh oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, if the UFC man, don't 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 let Duffy go. Don't but I mean, if you if you do right. let Duffy if you do let Duffy go, there's it, still some good fights out there, and I, I won't complain about any of them. I mean, but... yeah, but like UFC, you're 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 only helping your competition here. Let's go. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're gonna make Bellator's division catch up with you. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Duffy man, Duffy's that dude. Definitely. Keep a, a good eye on him. Uh, keeping on the the theme of strikers. <laughs> well, so, okay. All right, you know, go ahead, segue this one, and I'll. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, the last fight we will we'll, uh, talk about from this card. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's a KO everybody has seen. Uh, Mark is it Dia Casey? Yeah, Dia Casey. Dia Casey and T. Uh, I'm gonna butcher the guy's name. Timu Pakalin. Yes. And um, sure. yeah. <laughs> if you've never, <laughs> if you've never seen Mark fight, just imagine a video game character, Basically. and uh, it's pretty much what you got. Like this dude, just freakishly. Video game character, like, like I'm going to push the spam button now. Video game. Character. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, he's like a button masher character. But the things that he does are just amazing. And then when they land, um, yeah, so he started this flurry with, like, some crazy kicks. And he did this, like, spinning back kick that turned into some other kick that I can't really describe. But it was awesome if you saw it. If you didn't, you should watch the replay. Really, this entire fight was probably a replay because it only lasted, like, 30 seconds. And then he lands this just thunderous right hand and like <laughs> it took oh my god like i don't know if it was like a delayed reaction but t- it took timu a long time to fall after that like he was in suspended animation in midair just... the man did not realize he had been hit 
and right. the game was already over. <laughs> and it was just a nasty, just one punch, get him out of here. Like, and then, yeah. Uh, sorry. Uh, wait, here it is. All right. Yeah. Um, and then he proceeds to do his uh like mini capoeira dance. I don't know if that's capoeira really, but break dancing. Yeah, at, at the end. Um. So everybody keeps saying that uh, what's his name? Uh, Dick Casey's a striker. Uh, primarily, the way he got through like the regional scene was just literally him picking dudes up and throwing them on their ass. <laughs> Uh, he has a few, of the, I think, two or three of his last fights before he got to USC were like really quick 30-second knockouts like this one. But he is primarily like a, a wrestler. Like, who who's he? Did he fought in his first fight in the UFC? Um, yeah, I was going to ask. He's, is, he's undefeated in the UFC, right? Uh, Frankie uh, Perez. Period, oh, no, no, no. His first know. fight was Lucas Sedgwick. What? Uh, I can't say that guy's last name. Yeah. So... We even saw in that fight where he literally picked to get, uh, Lucas up and just, like, body slammed him like this was the WWE. They picked him up, turned him upside down, and just dropped him on his head. And this dude is only 24 years old. He, uh, he is <laughs> one of the best athletes in the UFC. Just pure... Uh, just not speaking even of, like technical ability but like drop him in I don't know a combine or something he'd probably like the, like the board yeah this guy freak there's no other really no other way to describe it he's Just, only getting sharper right and he's only 24 <laughs> like that's scary like we're we're gonna be hearing about him again I'm pretty sure pretty soon yeah like yeah uh, be be on the look, man. Lightweight is out of control. Like, right. Dude, like lightweight's the hardest division in MMA to be a successful fighter. It's a there's a reason the title has only been defended like three times. Yeah, at most, it's because this division is so diverse and so deep, and but it's yeah. part of the reason why I, why like. For the, the plug, I don't do a lot of lightweight prospects because there's just so many of them. Like, there, uh, how many dudes are there in the UFC like lightweight division right now who are like two and one or two and zero oh or three and zero oh or three and one or something like that who aren't getting like the attention Dia Casey is, but are equally as just right. And you got him, and then you got dudes like Tamor. Out there, exactly. you know, uh, like, putting on Muay Thai clinics. <laughs> then, then you have Venata. Then you have guys like um, God, what was the one? Gregor Gillespie, who Man. is primarily being overlooked right now because he's kind of just like a, I don't want to say a boring wrestler dude, but who is primarily just based in wrestling right now. Like Stevie Ray is still out there. He's four and one. Yeah, if I'm a yeah, lightweight is not the just not the division to try to make your name in, man. Yeah, I was gonna say if I'm a fighter and I can either cut weight and get to forty five, or maybe I'm big enough to compete at welterweight. Yeah, I'm skipping one fifty five because this is no. 
Like, you could, like, pick, like, the top 30 and there are no gimme fights. Exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> Unless you get the perfect style matchup, there's nothing given to you. You have right. to earn it. Which is why, not to go on a tangent, like, I used to be a, a Frankie Edgar hater, mm-hmm. but in retrospect, when I look back at his career, like, you have to respect dudes like him. Oh, yeah. Dudes no. like Ben Henderson. Well, I, I love Ben Henderson, but, like... To make it to the top of lightweight and even defend your title like once or twice is a serious accomplishment. Yeah. <laughs> no. it, I, Man. And just think of all the dudes who aren't in the lightweight division, like who aren't fighting in Bellator 1 or Ryzen right now. Man, yeah, yeah. Even if, yeah. Yeah, that's just the UFC's, like, lightweight. Hey, Michael Chandler's you... still out there. You got Chandler, Patricky, Bendo, Bendo. Uh, freaking what's his name? Who just Gaethje's still out there. Gaethje's some, yeah. somewhere. Um, <laughs> freaking what's the guy's name? Edward Fola Yang. Oh yeah, from uh, from one. He just knocked the crap out of Aoki. Man, yeah. Lightweight, no matter where you go, no matter what continent you fight on, <laughs> no matter what country you go to, it's gonna be hard. Yeah, it's not, it's not safe, not safe at all. But uh, I guess that was uh, pretty much all we'll we'll cover from that card. It's got a few other other topics to discuss. So I guess briefly, um, gotta give a big shout out to I didn't say big shout out, but. Shout out to uh, Andre Harrison and War Series of Fighting. They had a, a card that was last weekend, right? Yep. I think. Yeah, they had a had a card last weekend. They had three title fights. Uh, I think I only caught two of them. Same. That, yeah, the, one of them was on, but I kind of wasn't watching it. But yeah. shout outs to Andre Harrison, who he's undefeated, right? He is sixteen and zero. And yep. If this was the UFC of like seven years ago. Freaking Joe Silva would be tearing his hair out about not being able to sign this guy. <laughs> yeah, man, he he comes over the World Series of Fighting. Um, I think he had one fight before he fought Palmer. I think. Dude, I don't think this was his first World Series of Fighting. I think he fought once before. I will check. Uh, but, yes, he fought. Yeah. Some dude named Bruce Boynton. Yeah. In, I knew he had, thought he had one fight. And Remind you, then he goes. Like, Go oh God, what was the guy's name? Um. Oh, it was uh, the president of Titan FC. Went on to a radio show to big up Andre Harrison like last year, and mm-hmm. offered Bubba Jenkins fifty thousand dollars to come and fight him because they could not find people to fight Andre Harrison. <laughs> and the only re- he was doing all this to try and promote him. Because people like Andre Harrison is a tough sell because he, yeah, let's face it, he doesn't finish fights at the highest levels. Like he fought, uh, he has how many decision wins? Hmm. I'll say I don't have his record up in front of me. I'll say, and even I guess just to briefly describe the fight, um, it wasn't the most exciting fight. He fought very. I won't say cautious. I, I would probably say patient is a better word. Palmer is a really, really good wrestler. Mm-hmm. Uh, out of Team Alpha Male, for people who don't know. 
So it's not a guy you want to, like you know, you don't want to. A couple of years ago, considered the best prospect at featherweight. Forty, yeah, at forty-five, like bar none, he was considered the best guy, like out of the UFC. And Harrison came in really patient. He picked his shots really well, but when he did pick his shots, like he was landing some pretty big hits on Palmer. Like it was clearly who was better on the feet. Three times. Yeah, like he. Like, yeah, yeah, when he chose to explode, I'm gonna say the best comparison to him for him is um, Gray Maynard. Just like yeah, I could he see has that. Fuck you up, power, but he doesn't have finishing capabilities. I just found the stat: he's 11 for 16 when it comes to decisions. Hmm. But, albeit he didn't get a finish, but that was a it was a pretty win. yeah and. It, it was kind of one-sided like <laughs> yeah it was there was no point at that fight where he was really in any danger or looked like he was hurt or anything like he he picked his shots and when he did pick them like he was rocking palmer <laughs> he was he was putting palmer on the canvas and yeah after that last bell rung there was no no uh second thoughts on who won I, I I hope Andre Harrison is like one of those dudes who just ends up going to fight in Russia and gets paid like a hundred thousand dollars per fight. Cause he deserves it. The UFC's Speaking not gonna, of, the UFC's not gonna sign him, but he deserves it. Yeah, he definitely does. And speak. Okay, I, I probably got my countries mixed up. That, KSU is not Russia. That's Poland, right? What's I'm sorry. Um, what is KSW? That promotion. Yeah, KSW is Poland. Okay, cause I read something about them that. Cause I remember we mentioned about like how big their crowds are. Oh yeah, no. Yeah, they're like exp- they're looking for I think another stadium now. Yeah. So, yeah they're doing the, yeah. the London card and they have fifty thousand people in there or something like that. It, hey, it, man. It's worth noting that like, Mohamed Kaladov, the um the KSW middleweight champion, is sponsored by like Mercedes Benz of whoever the hell the capital <laughs> of Poland is. That's crazy. Like, yeah, this dude's <laughs> a star, like, a legit star in his home country. So. Like, there's money to be made being a regional star somewhere. Yeah. So, because I would say, yeah, I mean, and World Series are fighting for, for Andre, man. It's not, they're going to have to bring in some people. It's not a whole lot to. Wait, who did Lance Palmer beat for while he was there? He fought um, Almeida, Alejandro, Alexandre Almeida, Alejandro Almeida. And Chris Hordecki and Rick Glenn, who's now in the UFC. Yep. And Georgia Kaikanian, who's now in Bellator. There's not there for him. Yeah. Comes over, takes over. Well, we'll see what they what they do with him. But, yeah, whoever comes in to try to take that belt, uh, good luck to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good luck to you. But uh, one more shout-out on that card uh, worth mentioning. Uh, the heavyweight title fight, uh, Bogoy Ivanov and Sean Jordan, who I still don't know how he found his way to a title shot in WSOF, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Dude, he, he knocked out um, the Gooch, uh, Ashley Gooch. Okay. I was like, yeah, when I saw the title, I was like, I didn't realize he was, I don't know. I, I guess I just wasn't really keeping tabs on him, but he, uh, he made his way to a title shot. Um, he managed to Keep Lagoy uh, kept his back against the fence for a while, but yeah, this, uh, is, this is how even off fights really. Yeah, and then once the I mean, they had a few exchanges, and in those exchanges, it was 
pretty clear to me that Blagoy's uh, hand speed was a lot faster. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, it wasn't really close. And then I believe the ending sequence was... Blagoy laid um, that right hand, and then yeah. he saw that Jordan was hurt, and so he just blitzed the crap out of him. And the yeah. Dude, yeah, like, pretty much. Blagoy, even though still possibly the best story in combat sports right now, in that this man has a hole in his chest from when he got stabbed in the heart and was not they were not sure he was going to live again and then they were not sure if he was going to walk again and now he's a WSOF freaking heavyweight champion so after fighting (laughs) his way to the finals of the Bellator heavyweight tournament I'm not uh, it was the finals that he won and then he lost in his title opportunity I can't. I thought he lost before he got there. I might be wrong though. He he lost in the finals. Okay. And then he beat now uh, he beat uh, Smilian Rama, Derek Maiman, Josh Copeland, and Sean Jordan. And like, no, that that it, the man deserves all the praise praise in the world for being just tough as shit. Yeah. Like, and didn't he mention, like? Not to mention though, this is an undersized heavyweight. Like he's like. Yeah, I was gonna say, him. when they. They said he weighed two, like fifty. Yeah, I can't remember the exact weight, but like when you look at him and Jordan next to each other, like they almost look like two different weight classes. Yeah, like Bogoy's two fifty one, but he's also like five ten, five eleven. You're right. Sean Jordan's like six feet two sixty four. Man, and he's like I said, fast with the hands. Great with uh, clinch fighting and takedowns. Yeah. Tough dude, like yeah, just yeah, yeah, he has to be. If we're gonna get this man the medal, it is weird that he's not talked about in the same way guys like uh, Minakov are. Like I know he got knocked out by Volkov, and it uh, not knocked out, choked out, but in, in a not competitive fight or what was he? Was he the one who was rocked by like the small uh, little? No, I think he got head kicked. Yeah, I think he did get hit. And My Volkov, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but even though it was be, would be a dude who adds a lot to any heavyweight division he's in. Yeah. And it sucks yeah. that he's stuck in the money pit that is... That <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, much like Andre Harrison, I mean, <laughs> you're scraping for, for contenders to kind of... Yeah. Andre Tough Harrison spot, is though. like AJ McKee, except AJ McKee is not, I don't think he's as crazy as AJ McKee is. Uh, oh, they're in the same division, right? Hmm? I forgot. Are they in the same division? Who, McKee and Harrison? Is it Harrison or is they different? Uh, McKee yeah. Jr. and Harrison, yeah. Yeah, yeah, McKee Jr. I, I was talking okay. about... In, uh, oh, oh, oh. McKee, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hold on. 49 and 2 is bringing the invite to the UFC. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. Shout out, shout out to those uh those two gentlemen who are holding it down outside of of the UFC and Bellator. Um, and Bellator. Yeah, like definitely top prospects out of the UFC, worth keeping an eye on. Who would give anybody a good run for their money uh, if given the opportunity? Yeah, uh, especially Harrison. But sucks. I, I it guess really we'll... sucks about Harrison. Like, he's so talented, and I, I get that he's not the most. Um, fun guy to watch, but sucks. Yeah. So, 
I guess now we, we kind of got a myriad of ways we can go. <laughs> so, uh, do, we, do we care about the Triple G fight? I mean, I care. Do you care? Or do we... I, I do, but then... We got we got a lot of <laughs> we got a lot of MMA happenings. Like there's there's a lot going right, on in like, the world. Really, really quick, like two like two minutes. Um, Triple right. G Jacobs, I scored the fight for Jacobs. I think it was the best he's ever looked in his career. Uh, I had seven to five for Jacobs, so I think he won by like a point. I'm not angry that uh, Triple G got the card. All the cards were close. I think one judge had it like one fourteen to one thirteen for Triple G, which means he gave six rounds each, which I think is fair. I I scored it. I went back and scored it. I, there were five rounds I thought were definitive for Jacobs. Four rounds I thought definitive for Triple G. All the other ones were toss-ups. It was a really good. It was a good fight. It wasn't the firefight everybody hoped it would, would be. Considering the two guys have you know like a ninety-two not percent knockout rate between the two of them, but right. it was a really fun. It was a very interesting fight. I don't think it tells us a lot about what Canelo Triple G would be look like because Canelo is a slow footed um pocket fighter and Jacobs is a outfighter who is who is fast as shit. But um yeah, that was a solid fight. Uh, also sucks about Chocolatito. I thought he won the fight, but it's starting to look like one fifteen is too big for him. That's all I got. Um, my two cents, I'll throw in a disclaimer. Alright, so the <laughs> the first time I watched the Triple G fight, I had something else up to. Like, there were a lot of fights on that night. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I think I had my split screen business going on while I had the Triple G fight on one screen and another fight on another screen. So I was, like, kind of half watching it. And the first time I was half watching it, I think I, think I gave it, I might have, I thought they were going to give it to Daniel. Yeah. But I wasn't surprised that Triple G won. And then I rewatched it this morning, but the stream that I uh, or the link that I found only had the first ten rounds. Go figure. That's <laughs> but, so, weird. <laughs> so, like the beginning, it seemed like in the first half of the fight, I thought Triple G was kind of edging him out. He was pushing the pace a lot more. But around like rounds like five or six, to me, it seemed like Jacob started stealing rounds, and then he started getting a little more hot. And yeah, like he was letting the hands go a lot more. He he ate some shots from Triple G, and even with the knockdown, which I didn't really think was a knockdown, I thought it was more if he was kind of in an awkward like position against the ropes, and he kind of well maybe it was a knockdown. I don't know. I I I thought he I thought it was more of an awkward position than, but it could have been a flash knockdown. Who knows? But even with that, like. There were never any points where I thought Jacobs was like, oh, he's he's really about to be finished. Like, he was in the fight, and I thought towards the latter half, he was he was taking it to trip. I guess he was taking it, but he was making it a fight. And he was stealing later rounds, albeit I didn't see the fight in its entirety. So <laughs> I wouldn't be mad at a rematch. It was really close. I saw some people screaming robbery, which I hate when people throw that term around because I don't think... This fight doesn't. You can't use you can't use the term robbery when a fight is like this close. Yeah. So yeah, that people, if you're screaming robbery, like you yeah, shut that off, man. Just don't 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 throw that word around like that. But yeah, I'm not like super knowledgeable on boxing, but this was a, definitely a good tactical fight. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, if they threw a rematch, I, I would watch. Like this fight was good enough that if they threw a rematch, I'm I'm all for it. But at the same time, I do kind of want to see Triple G and Canelo. But yeah. <laughs> if we gotta if we gotta do this rematch first before we get to that, hey, I'm I'm not mad. I'm I'm not mad. And I guess uh, Jacobs. Well, I I don't really know the whole backstory, but I'm assuming Jacobs did a lot better than people probably gave him credit for. Uh, people Jacobs did a lot better than people thought he was going to do. People thought like Triple G was going to go in there and just knock him out in like three rounds. Yeah, and that definitely did not happen. Yeah, did not happen. So yeah, man, shout out to them. And like we said, I feel like the last couple of podcasts, like shout out to boxing, man. Like the the fights that I do get to catch or that I like have remote interest in, I watch, and they're this entire year they've all been good. Yeah, like, it's been a good year yeah. to be a boxing fan. Like yeah, uh, especially after like the last couple of years where everything has sucked ass. Like PBC's gotten into gear, and they're realizing that there's only so much time, like so much money you can waste before you have to actually make it back. <laughs> uh, yeah, so like to do it. April's a good month. Like we got the um, Vasily Machenko, Jason Sosa, Anthony Joshua is fighting uh, uh, Klitschko. Um, oh God, like. He, it's gonna to be too late for anybody who's going who's going to be listening to this. But like tonight, Thursday night, uh, Marlon Esparza is making her debut on ESPN, her pro debut for Golden Boy on ESPN two. So you know, check that out on replay or something if you didn't see it live. Yeah. It's just a good year to be boxing fan. It's a good year to be combat sports <laughs> yeah. in general. Yeah. There are good fights no matter what combat sport you're watching. Good scraps are, are going on everywhere. Um, we're a little over an hour, but I want to get into a few uh, announcements. Some some good, some not so good. Some I'll let you carry this. Um, do we want to talk about BJ or, or are we going to go to Bellator? Yeah, BJ had his time in the sun. It, it, it's all about Bellator. And letting another old man have, well, another <laughs> old man have no time in this. All right. <laughs> All right. So just I'll, I'll breeze through it real quick for people who don't know. BJ Penn versus Dennis Seaver. That's happening for better or worse. We'll find out. We we won't really need to go into uh, in depth about it. But yeah, that that fight's a thing. But uh, going on also, to Johnny Bellator. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's better news. So like we get one legit fight and then we get another fight that's. Uh, not so legit. It's, it's, it's yeah, it's something. What whatever. <laughs> when I saw that fight, I was thinking like, man, we were really praising the UFC for their matchmaking lately, and then they do this, and then I'm forced to take back all the good things that I said. And <sighs> blame the people who keep watching. <laughs> so you know, blame us, but you know, blame right. all the people who don't sit through freaking um, I don't know, a Yair Rodriguez versus Alex Caceres fight, and instead tuned in to watch BJ Penn because they thought he could win. Nah. but I'm pretty sure we'll we'll address this fight in more detail at a later date. But uh, yeah. moving on to Bellator 180, um, their first pay per view in quite some time. 
Um, it is a mixture of a few interesting fights and a few other fights that I am not so happy about, but, <laughs> um, I don't know, you, you, you leave this. Wh which fight do you want to, you want to dive into first? Alright, let's uh, say so we just read them all. Okay, so. And, um, yeah, so, main event of this Bellator second ever pay-per-view will be uh, Chael Sonnen and Vanderlei Silva. The grudge match that started with Tough Brazil. <laughs> or is it Tough? Was it Tough USA or Tough Brazil? I thought it was Brazil. Yeah, it was I could tough be Brazil wrong, though. With that wonderful, amazing fake fight. When you posted... When you saw, cause I don't, I don't watch Tough at all. Like I literally, I think the last season of Tough I even paid attention to remotely was um, what was GSP's Tough? I watched a little bit. I watched the fights for the season with the um strawweight title, but that's it. Yeah, but yeah, I'd never seen that gift before when like. <laughs> <laughs> so, was that Vanderlei threw the punch right? Vanderlei threw the slap. Yeah, so he throws like this. It's like slap. this. Oh, yeah, it was like this overhand wrestling, like WWE slap. the shit up out of that. <laughs> like, Shell ducks under the slap and takes him. Oh god, it was. <laughs> that was shameful. Just... It was amazing. It was. It was amazing and shameful at the John same Michael's time. Proud. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, that that fight's a real thing. And then uh, another fight that I was hoping would never happen, but I'm gonna have to man up and watch. Uh, Fedor Emelianenko and Mitrion has been rescheduled to this pay-per-view. Um, but in, in in good news, in better news, uh, Michael Chandler and Brent Primus, and then the fight that in my mind is my main event for this card: uh, Lorenz Larkin and and Douglas Lima, which is. Yeah, that's just, yeah, that that's that's got like fight of the year potential written all over it. Uh, such a good fight. See, there's a yeah. good, there's a good uh, Bella Force, Strike Force. Right. There. Where you <laughs> there's get, a good mixture the, of the things. Bit of the old, the bit of the uh, freak showy, and the bit of the legit actual talent, like in their prime talented dudes who are out here doing their damn thing. Right. I mean, and we're only four. They only. I think these are the only four fights announced. So, oh, um, just just came in. Someone sent this to me. Uh, Aaron Pico is going to be making his debut, his pro debut. And for those who don't know, Aaron Pico was a um, standout high school wrestler who, at the age of sixteen, was invited to go and drop out of high school. And go train with the Olympic team in Colorado Springs, and was a not a front runner. Uh, like I think he he medaled in cadets Olympic cadet Olympics or the Junior Olympics, and um, but he was a finalist in the U.S. team trials for the freestyle for freestyle at the 2016 Olympics. Ended up losing to Frank uh, uh, Mol uh, Molinero of Penn State. Mind you, this guy didn't wrestle in college. So basically, this guy spent 16 to age 16 to age 20 training at Colorado in Colorado Springs to be an Olympian, and he ended up beating Jordan Oliver and Dylan Ness 
en route to the finals for the U.S. team trials. Point being, he is a uh, a, prodig- a prodigy wrestler. I was going to say, man, Bellator has been snatching up the, uh, yeah, the amateur <laughs> wrestlers. Yeah, like yeah both, um, Logan St- uh, Stable, I think, signed with them. Um, crap, what's the other dude's name? Oh, freaking Tyrell Fortuna, obviously, who has a win over um, like three-time NCAA champion Nick. I'm not even going to bother pronouncing his last name because it's <laughs> some type of Russian, not Russian, German, Poland type thing. But um, yeah, no, Pigo is the real deal athletically. Apparently, he dropped Josh Thompson in training. The man is, you know, a top 1% athlete entering MMA, and he's going to be a beast. And if Bellator can hang on to him, he's going to be a cornerstone for what they can build moving forward. We'll see. We need more guys like him uh, getting on main cards and maybe less of the freak shows. But hey, the freak shows draw. Dude, they draw on people. They, they will I get always it. Draw. They will always, yeah. always draw because this is. Uh, I've always said this combat sports is more spectacle than sport, and we all have to kind of live with that. Yeah, and I'll say as much as I might even complain about the freak shows, I, I watch every single last one of them. <laughs> so. I, I guess I can't complain too much. The best fight in 2016 was a freak show fight. Rest in peace, Kimbo Slice. Oh, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure when they when they round out that card, whenever they finalize it, that's probably definitely going to be something worth keeping an eye on. Um, I, re- I really want to know, because last time... Uh, the Bellator did this. They did for Bellator 120. They had a really good um, prelim card because they aired the prelim card on uh, Spike. Wait, let me. I got it pulled up in front of me right here. Uh, Chet Congo versus Eric Smith. I think Eric Smith was like a late replacement, or this was like Chet Congo's premiere on uh, Spike or Bellator. Then Marcin Hell versus Nate Jolly, Fabricio uh, Guerrero versus Shabulat Shamalayev. And Goiti Yamaguchi versus Mike Richmond. Like, that's a solid prelim card for Bellator. And now they have, uh, they have a deeper roster now. So I'm really curious who they're going to put on that undercard. Like, uh, there was rumor going around that they were looking at Ryan Bader for Phil, uh, versus Phil Davis too for the main card. But I guess that's not going to happen. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like with these four fights, I mean, they may, they might throw one more in the main card. But yeah, that may, this, this card's probably pretty set. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't think they're... I think they're going to put, like, a contender fight or something like that. Maybe not another title fight, because that's, like... They have two fights, and that, cause when they, that could potentially eat up, like, 50 minutes of the card. Right. So they're probably going to put, um... Not a freak show fight. Well, maybe they'll pull Herschel Walker out of retirement, and they'll let him fight Bobby Lashley. Yeah. Man, I've, I ain't a lot of all... Out of all those, like, I guess... Yeah, I, I wanted to see him fight again, like... As old and crazy as he is, like he, I forgot how old he was, but I mean he wasn't bad. If, if he's a if he's in a free fight, I I would definitely watch. Uh, I feel like they're gonna get something crazy for the Spike TV portion. They'll find some wrestler. Dudes, <laughs> you, UFC doesn't want CM Punk fighting for them. Bellator has no scruples. Uh, or maybe we'll get a. Oh no, is um. I don't know if this was official. I just heard about it. Like 
Matt Hughes wants to fight with Gracie oh, yeah, again. Buddy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We we can throw that on there and we'll round out the main card or throw that as the like the feature prelim. Yeah. I mean at this point why not? Just people gotta make their money, bro. Yep. I think it's kind of important to put this into perspective why Bellator is going back to pay-per-view because their first one I think did 100,000 buys but it was also like 20, $25 or something like that um, I think, yeah. hello? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry um, so Bellator wants your uh, just to name the like guys who could potentially draw from Bellator wants the Chris Weidman's and Luke Rockhold's and um, trying to think of somebody who's not middleweight and your uh, well, like those type of guys, and I guess your your Romero's, like yeah. guys who they can put on TV and then pay per view and maybe make a buck off of. Maybe they don't sell a million buys, but maybe they move two hundred thousand. You feel me? Right. Problem is, Bellator doesn't have the budget for that because Bellator's barely breaking, like breaking, uh, getting into the black as of last year. Oh man. So even with that Viacom money. <laughs> well, uh, that's the thing. Like, Viacom could put all the money in the world into it, but they're not gonna put all the money in the world into something that's not generating money. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what do you do? You go to pay per view. And you and you realize that you're in the first year of WME's, you know, full control over the company. The the company's making all these weird decisions, like giving guys who haven't fought in four years a title shot in a division they never fought for, or <laughs> putting Arlen Wobob in main events, or um, cutting top ten talent. And you're and you're looking at the playing field. You're like, okay, the UFC is cutting a lot of talent that we could potentially do something with how do we make it so when these other guys contracts are up these bigger guys these bigger names who could potentially put you know a little bit of oomph into our bank account and our ratings how do we get them here you have to get you have to go to pay-per-view you have to get these guys that extra bit of money I mean apparently I feel like it's working <laughs> Uh, I'm not sure if it's working yet, but they're slowly bring. Well, I mean, they're they've been bringing in people slowly. They're they're snatching some some free agents. Up to this point, up besides Lorenz Larkin, who I think priced himself out of the UFC, I think the UFC has been perfectly happy let like your Ryan Bader's and your Phil Davis's go because uh, I think they realize that the audience for that is probably. Um, the, the audience for a Phil Davis and a uh, Ryan Bader fight are probably the type of people who are going to tune in anyway. Right. And if the UFC is no longer focused on having all the top talent, or if they really have their hearts set opening up the 205 division, they're not going to bring them back. And that's mostly what the UFC has been letting go, and it's mostly what Bellator's been picking up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and Nikita Krylov's not going to come fight for Bellator. He's going to go fight in Russia where he can make $500,000 fighting another right. castle. Like, so I, I I think we're starting to see cracks of the UFC uh, losing its grip on top talent 
I'm not sure if they reaffirm that grip or they're fine just letting it, letting these guys drizzle out. Like I think Joe Duffy will tell us a lot. Yeah, I'm gonna say because I feel like Rory and Larkin told a lot, but yeah, I think yeah, if Duffy, yeah, if Duffy goes, uh, I'm I'm gonna start my Strike Force 2.0 chance. Dude, Duffy, <laughs> du- like considering that the uh, Bellator is like they just did the card in North Ireland. That's a place Joe Duffy would have done big numbers in. Yep. So, who knows? Yeah. Uh, eyes on Joe Duffy. He holds the fate of the <laughs> he holds the fate of the MMA world. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> he he is the leaf that we follow to see where the tide is going. Yeah. Man, that's I forgot that you said does he have one more fight on his contract? No, he's or? free agent technically. I think he's in his negotiating period with the UFC. I'm not sure oh, how long it lasts. But oh, man. if we don't hear anything about that soon, who knows? Yeah. Strike Force 2.0, it's coming. Uh, I'd be happy. <laughs> Dudes have more places to work. It, yeah, it's a good thing. Competition is is great. Um, Especially when you're an employee. That is true. That's so- one. I can't remember. I want to give her a shout out. Did we talk about Clarissa Shields last podcast? I can't remember. Um, like, if it had a, I can't remember if her fight had happened when. Yeah, it, ha- it happened after the uh, the um. It happened the day before the uh, Kelvin Gaslam fight. Okay, so we probably did talk about if it. If not, hey, shouts to Clarissa Shields. Yeah, well, so you're right. If not, not... The first premium network uh, woman, uh, woman uh, boxing card by a woman in like a ever or in a decade. I can't remember which. But shouts to her. Putting on a clinic. Beat the shit out of somebody's <laughs> grandpa. <laughs> Put on a clinic. Just oh, shout out to Katie Taylor who fought last weekend and also 2012 Olympian. Also looked amazing. Also is out here elevating the game of women's boxing. More of the story is combat sports is winning. Oh, absolutely. Right now, yeah. Oh, another fight I just saw get announced. I guess I'll just throw this out there real quick. Uh, Joseph Benavidez and Ben Nguyen will be fighting oh, in New went. Zealand. Oh, when? My bad. Always say New Year. We'll be fighting in New Zealand. Uh, UFC Fight Bo, Night 110. Bojack Horseman. <laughs> Great show for people if you have not watched Bojack Horseman. <laughs> That's like one of Netflix's best things they've ever created, ever. I think the UFC thinks Joe Benavides is like on the... Uh, he, he is. He's on the downswing athletically. And they're just going to keep throwing young guys at them until somebody fucking just knocks them out and they can tell them that, sell that guy as the guy that beat DJ. I mean, and I, I love Joey. Love Joey to death. Absolutely. Fun dude. But, yeah. But I, I guess if you're the UFC, I mean, what else with the lack of... Yeah. <laughs> I mean... He, he got... I know it was a split decision, but I thought he got beat pretty damn soundly in the first fight with DJ. And then the second fight, he comes out after this big KO winning streak and just gets destroyed. Flatlined. And he's the yeah. only dude to ever be destroyed like that by DJ, so... Oh. What do you do? Like, you just gotta keep hoping for the best. On that on that same card, uh, Dad, Dad Bod makes the return. Dad Bod gonna take it to Brunson, bro. <laughs> he's going all the way to the that- top. 
He is. Dad by Dan Kelly taking on Derek Brunson. This card actually looks pretty decent so far. Main event, Derek Lewis and Mark Hunt. That'll be a fun fun fight. Pretty much guaranteed a flat line, probably whoever wins that. And then we got John Moraga versus Ashkin Moore. Okay, I'm not going to say your last name. But yeah, so they got four fights announced uh, for this card so far. So, Wait, ride motherfuckers like Kane, smoke motherfuckers like O Dog, <laughs> John Moraga, Chicano John. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, lots of. I move that we only refer to John Moraga as Chicano John from now on. Yeah, I'm down for that, and I feel like he would be down for that. Hold on, I might be thinking of somebody else. Did he put out like a rap video? He was part of a. Um, a Phoenix rap group's um, rap video, rap song, uh, Ryder and Rich Rico featuring Chicano John, Kane, and O-Dog. <laughs> I never heard it, but I, oh yeah, I God, thought that it's was amazing. him. amazing. It, 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 it's, it's everything you expect a, a, a hip-hop video between a dude's name, Ryder and Rich Rico. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look that up. <laughs> what do you think I can't ride motherfuckers like Kane? Smoke motherfuckers like Kane. <laughs> That's the hook. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta send me that link or I'll have to find it. Uh, like after we're done. I, I gotta. Yeah, I'll find it. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look that up. Um, I guess we're coming up on <laughs> hour 25. Um, my. Uh, I guess a uh, pardon shot real quick. Um, this UFC 211 card, man. Just Pretty. flames all the way through, man. Stipe versus JDS. Young Jacek versus Andrade. Verdum. Right. Verdum, who doesn't have an opponent yet, but it doesn't even matter. He's on there, so... Damian Maya versus Mavidal. Alvarez and Poirier. Cejudo and Pettis. Frankie Edgar and Yair. Uh, Dave Branch finally comes to save the day against Chris uh, uh, Christoph Jocko. And Jason we got James Knight Vick. Jazz Skelly. Oh, that, that's on him? Yep. Man. And then you got James Vick and Marco Polo. There's so many just... Dude, this is just a great card top to bottom. Yeah, like... like this card is just in this. This has card of the year written all over it. God, pray to the MMA gods. No, no injuries. Nobody hurt yourself. No pullouts. Nobody died trying to cut weight. I will say, for the most part, these are all guys besides Cejudo who make fight day. This isn't like you know, Cain Velasquez. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, man. This. This card, man. But I'm looking at this dude that the UFC signed from the Ukraine for this card, Dmitry Poberizets. He looks exactly like a Ukrainian fighter with a 24 and five record would look like. <laughs> uh, like Nikita Krylov, where like he they did not look like fighters. <laughs> we'll see, man. He's gonna have a. He's got the big. He's got Man Mountain. 
Say, man, you. I want to get this right. Yep, Man Mountain himself, Georges Dunho. Oh, the guy he's fighting that just clicked on his page. What? That's an awesome nickname. Well, well, I feel like if your nickname's Man Mountain, man, you got to live up to that. Like, you better knock somebody out. He doesn't have to knock somebody. It's just got to be brawling, like one dragon. Right. Who is? Oh my God, I forgot all about that. Uh, Mondragon versus Amir Ali-Akbari got announced for the Rising card. I'm like, that's a host division fight, man. Just two slabs of meat just hitting. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I forgot too. Uh, Bigfoot and Minikov oh, yeah. is that's going down. Because Bigfoot's getting paid big money to go be big in Russia. Hey. Get your money. <laughs> go go get your money. Dude, Russia is big right now. ACB, Take. Fight Nights, they all got money to spend. Somebody, it's somebody else's money, but they got money to spend. <laughs> yeah, man. So, it was going to be a great year for, I can't even just say MMA, for combat sports. And, oh, and shout out to the Glory card that's happening that you mentioned yeah. uh, before we started recording. Glory like, 39 from Brussels. Cedric Dumbe versus Johan Kangolo. Um, Sinichai uh, versus Dylan Salvador. Welterweight and Lightweight titles, respectively. This Saturday. Fight Pass and ESPN 3, respectively. So, moral of the story, man. <laughs> there are going to be a lot of people getting kicked and punched in the face this year. And it's all going to be beautiful. Mm -hmm. Albeit... We'll we'll have to suffer through a few freak fights, but you know, small small price to pay to watch what I'm pretty sure we're, we're going to see some great great fights this year, barring no one gets injured or anything crazy like that happens. But yeah, man, there, there's a lot a lot going down. So yeah, I'm Rain, like we you probably won't talk about it here, but my most looked to forward event this year is the World Championships for wrestling. Like, they're oh. They've been on like ESPN lately too, haven't yeah, they? Uh, the uh, NCAA championships were on ESPN this past weekend. Okay. We need to get to talk about that. God damn. Kyle Snyder is two hundred. Kyle Snyder, twenty sixteen Olympian, says he wants to do MMA. Uh, he won a gold medal at the, the world's and the Olympics. He's only twenty. He's literally just turned twenty one years old. He's two hundred twenty seven pounds. Lifted up a two hundred sixty five pound man. With by one leg this past weekend and threw him on his freaking ass. Um, <laughs> he picked him up above his head. Like <laughs> Bellator probably called him the very next day, <laughs> or if they haven't called him yet, they'll they'll they, they, like if the yeah. UFC has not contacted like UFC has invited Kyle Snyder to shows. Like that's how far along in the recruiting process he is like, and there's and he he's a heavyweight he, he is a heavyweight for NCAA he he he, uh, he competes at 97 kilograms for um like international stuff so he'd probably be at 205 hey 205 need you exactly <laughs> 205 need you bro <laughs> he, he can go through two more Olympic cycles 10 years from now and still be Probably still probably walk into the UFC and throw literally everybody on their head 
Except maybe nah. like Francis Ngannou. Right. Man. Yeah, so this it's a lot to keep tabs on, which is good. This means we'll have a lot of content to talk about because there will not be a shortage of happenings. Like this this year is just going to be really interesting. Just a whole lot playing out, free agents jumping ship, old people fighting. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know I'm all about Connor versus <laughs> Floyd might be a thing, possibly. Probably not. Maybe. Maybe so. Maybe not. Probably so. But, maybe not. Uh, yeah, I, I won't hold my breath. But if it does happen, I guess I wouldn't be surprised. But yeah, either way, man, there's there's a lot. I can't wait for just the racist dynamic of Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> oh my god. I, like, I hadn't thought about this before today, but like, can you imagine when just like, oh my god, oh god. Hey man, and, and in the end... I'm, I'm looking forward to Braybert writing articles about how Conor is going to beat Floyd Mayweather. I want to see how big, like that, those numbers are gonna be. Oh my god, like three million. I, I want to see. Yeah, I'm one. I want to see. How much was? Do you remember how, how much was Pacquiao and? Four point four, I think. Four. Four point four million. You think that you know, you don't think this you think this can beat that? No, like for uh, like, I'm not sure Connor's at that level. Like, uh, he's uh, he. Uh, uh, at his best, he brings in more sports fans. But I'm not sure he's the like that trans transcendent like trans uh, transcending athlete yet yeah. in the media landscape. I don't, I don't know if he'll beat it. But at the same time, if they did beat that, if they beat the the Pacquiao Floyd numbers, I wouldn't be surprised. I give you that. But Ugh. yeah, I, I think though the one thing working against it is uh, as much hype that surrounds it. I, I think a lot of well, actually I don't know. It's hard to say because I I don't think that like the hype will maybe be fun or interesting, but the actual fight itself I don't see being very interesting at all. I, but <laughs> yo, I, I, I so can't I, wait till Connor throws like a spinning back kick or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he starts throwing body kicks. I, I just want it to be just a complete shit show. Like that would make me so much more happier than like a good competitive fight. It's, it's literally just Connor like smack talking Floyd, and Floyd refuses to throw because Floyd doesn't throw it, like a lot. And, and Connor's just like riling up the crowd and turning his back to Floyd <laughs> and just like screaming and posturing. And he's like doing like Bruce Lee stances in the ring. <laughs> That is the one thing, uh, not to go on a tangent, because we're, <laughs> we're definitely over time, but I do want to see, like, if if this fight does happen, like, is, is he is he going to do, like, that wide stance still? Oh like, God. is he going to try, like, a... <laughs> yes. yes. Like, yeah, I feel like at this point, like, even if you're training boxing every day, like, dude, you've been doing this stance since you were probably, like like, came out of the womb doing this. It's not going to change for a Floyd fight. So, like, it would be interesting just to see. Like, he, he comes out with this wide stance in a boxing fight. Connor literally has nothing to lose. I, 
probably just troll the shit out of everybody, but that's just me. <laughs> hey, he's his purse is gonna be filled. That that money. Like I said, the man has a the man is a just incredible insatiable desire to make, have a nine figure check inside of his hands. He wasn't <laughs> going to get it from the UFC. He wasn't going to get it from WME. Maybe he'll get it from Floyd. We'll see. We'll, we'll definitely see. It's, it's going to be an interesting summer. <laughs> or interesting year just overall. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, that's about it for for tonight's show, um, the what's the next card coming up, real quick? UFC or in, or just in general, just to oh, uh, really just in general. Uh, Invicta twenty two is Saturday, and so is Glory thirty nine. Um, I think there's a boxing card. I can't remember which one. All right, so we got some some happenings. Uh, oh, ACB fifty five. Since we were talking about ACB before. Going down in Tajikistan this Saturday or Friday. And CFFC, if you're from the East Coast, you might know who they are. They run out of Atlantic City. They're going all the way to San Diego because I think they were bought out by Alliance MMA. So now they're going to San Diego for the next, the, the first time. So they're good this weekend too. So. Hmm. Right. Oh, and it's Alpha 7, which is going down on Friday. So. Good. All right. So yeah, we got a lot of, still a lot of fights happening outside of the UFC because I think the next UFC card isn't until April eighth. Uh, April eighth. So yeah, hopefully um, if I can catch some of these, I should be able to watch LFA. I'm actually on vacation this week, so I have no excuse not to. Oh no, I'm uh, off another tangent. <laughs> I'm gonna go see Power Rangers on Friday. <laughs> So, but hold up, LFA normally starts at like nine, I think. Let's see, LFA. I, I feel like they normally start at like nine, yeah. so I might miss a few fights. In there. But as things are scheduled, I'm going to see Power Rangers on Friday, for better or worse. Well, that's that's another story for another. <laughs> but. I'm gonna try to catch some of these uh, fights, so maybe we can, yeah, we could like dedicate a whole show to things that aren't the UFC, because you know, a lot of talent and just fighters out of the UFC that need to be talked about. Other good organizations that put on great fights that don't get the attention. So, like, uh... so yeah, well, we'll see what happens this weekend. Uh, if I don't see Power Rangers, I'll watch fights. Or I'll try to do both. We'll <laughs> see how that happens. But uh, thank you guys uh, for listening. As always, uh, this will be available on YouTube and SoundCloud. Um, I've been thinking. I, I don't know my iTunes password, so I, I need to figure that out. But uh, <laughs> I might start throwing these on iTunes. And I'm probably going to end up making a Facebook fan page for the podcast maybe help increase the numbers and all that good stuff so uh, i'll give updates as, as those happen but um yeah thank you guys for listening uh like subscribe reblog tell a friend of a friend of a friend to listen Try, uh, and no, go ahead. Huh? Uh, no. i was gonna say, 
<laughs> I was saying, and as always, I I forget the slogan this time. When uh people are getting punched and or kicked in the face, we'll be there to talk about it. So next time it happens, hopefully sooner rather than later, uh, we'll get to discuss more fights. Thanks for listening, and until next time, we will catch you guys later.